Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Monday night, 8pm, the Online Darts Live Land returns for episode 137. Not out. Myself, Bill Bars, Jack Garwood, and Lee Boyce here for the next couple of hours to talk you through everything. Gentlemen, how are we? Yeah, all good. All good. You? <laughs> yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. I feel like today's show, when normally on a Monday we see Mr. Darwood complain an awful lot, I've got a feeling tonight, looking at someone's Twitter account, we might see Mr. Bars moan quite a lot. <laughs> Can I just clarify? I will be moaning. Oh no! I think he might be in a good mood this week. I'm like, no, <laughs> this tournament that's, is getting it. Yeah, that's generally part of the show anyway. Dob, this was just saying that there might yeah. be something a little bit different than Phil might join the party. Oh yeah, the Grand Slam is better than the Grand Prix. Is about to go in on the Grand Slam. I didn't remember that when the Grand Prix was. It's still a better tournament. And it wouldn't be a Monday if Gobs in there didn't freeze, making him look like a mug like this. He doesn't need the internet <laughs> to freeze to make that to happen. But... Um, as we said, Gob, you thought you'd be clever. You'd put it out to the masses on your Twitter and it backfired. They agreed with me. Yeah, well, maybe they should watch this because they won't agree afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone, I hope everyone's good. I hope everyone had a good Halloween. Uh, good bonfire night. Let's go through the chat room. Uh, Morgan, Tommy, how are we doing? Uh, Wim, Zane, James, Rob, of course, is in. Uh, Bob, Owen, Sam, ABM, Florin, Charlie, Connor, uh, Kyle, Kieran, Adam is in. All good. Alex, Frey, Chris is in. I love that. Love that. The tree is up. Mine are all down behind. Just they will all be up and operational tomorrow. Um, are we doing now? Hope you are good. Uh, Richard, Max, Paddy, good evening. How are we doing, Adam? 
Um, Richard, oh, the chat room's packed. Um, Izzy's in, Mark, how are we doing? Big Johnny, yep, yeah, you sent me the picture. The tree is up. Um, first of all, before we dive into the show, um, some good news away from darts, maybe not completely darts related, but he has dabbled. Uh, Adam Smith commented on his Instagram for the first time in a long time. I was, I knew what was going on, but it wasn't my, my place to say. I've been speaking to him through. He had a, a very aggressive form of cancer, but he announced today that Adam Smith is, is cancer free and completely on the mend, which is fabulous news boys. Yeah. I echo that, Mr. Bars. Great news to hear, and um, obviously he's not been involved due to that in darts or boxing or any of the worth of that like. But it's good to hear that health-wise he's he's better, and hopefully we'll we'll see him soon. Yeah, um, yeah, completely. Just just nice to see because he's genuinely a, a damn nice guy, is the thing. So. Um, that, 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 that's some that's some good news today. Right, boys, where would we like to start? I feel we don't want to peak too soon. So, first of all, let's go back to the race for Minehead. And first of all, Peter Wright did not make it, chaps. The Euro- newly Shot. crowned European champion will not be at the Players' Championship in Minehead where he's defending winner's money. Yes, okay, he's covered it by winning the European Championships, but he's not going to add to it, that's for sure. I'm not sure he's the place to start. I think Nathan Aspel is the place to start because he didn't even attempt to. He decided to pull out with it uh, to spend some time with family. Look, Peter Wright, if you'd asked us six months ago if Peter Wright was going to be there, or three months ago, or even two months ago, if Peter Wright was going to be there, the answer was a straight-up no. It is only a recent surge of form and that European Championship win that has us going, well, actually, he might just make it. He wasn't in a great position. He hasn't been in a great position for a long, long time. And him not being there after the year he's had up until this point, apart from the European Championships, putting them aside, it's absolutely no surprise that Peter Wright is not there. Nathan Aspinall, however, has won a major, has been deep in the Premier League and has been in reasonably good form for the entire season. His absence is far greater than Peter Wright's, in my opinion. The fact, I, I'm not sure it is, because the fact that uh, is withdrew, yes, I know he's it's, it's still played in a, a lot of tournaments, if not as many as the rest, but the fact that Peter Wright attempted to qualify at the end, when Nathan Aspinall, we knew full well that he wasn't planning to do that due to his partner's 30th. 30th birthday, yeah. Yeah. I think it is a bit of story that Peter Wright's not there because of the more recent win and two two final attempts being very two very poor attempts, really, let's be honest. Yeah, and the fact that Aspinall, again, pulled out of an awful lot early on in the season when there was nothing going on in terms of birthdays or anything like that, that, that was his decision not to play in these Pro Tours. I'd get the Premier League was on, but Gezi, Johnny, Michael, Dobie... All still did. So he can only really blame himself for that. I get managing your calendar, but there's managing it in a right way. Yeah, but again, that's why I think that's part of the bigger shock in that Peter Wright has played all season and has played poorly for the most of the season. We didn't expect him to be there. There's a number of shows where I've sat around a Monday night going, 
I genuinely don't think Peter Wright will make it. He's not playing well enough. He's not going deep enough in Pro Tours. There's no hint or sign of upturning form, a consistent set of darts or anything like that that suggested Peter Wright would make the Players' Championship finals despite playing them all. But, a good but couple of Pro Tours before the Euros and suddenly winning the Euros shouldn't have changed that, but it did change that for a lot of people. If there was more events to come, if there was another six Pro Tours, then I think we would be saying that Peter Wright was there, but he left himself too much to do with too little time from when his form turned around. Nathan Aspinall being so selective with his schedule and then missing out and decided not to play the last one just because he's done that. He doesn't get a free pass for that, by the way, because like you said, everybody else that played in the Premier League managed to turn up to Pro Tours enough to get themselves into this tournament. I don't think it's a free pass. I'm not, I'm not, we went in on us last week, not went in on him, but we had that discussion around us last week about that decision. I think this week it was just around the, the Peter Wright. It's, there's not playing well, and then there's not being within the top 64. There's a difference. There's Peter Wright is still within that top 64, you would assume, even when he hasn't been playing to the best of his abilities. He's missed some. He's missed quite a few due to Premier League, and he's got a look back at early on in the year when he made that decision. But that's confidence in your own ability that you can miss however many it was during the Premier League season and still qualify. So it's got to be a huge disappointment for Peter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how are we doing, Anthony? Good to have you in from the other side of the pond. Uh, we're going to talk about Stowe Bunce's draw, but we're also going to go in on the Grand Slam as well. How are we doing, Matador? Hope you are good. Uh, but yeah, look, I think that Aspinall got burnt for mismanaging his calendar early on in the year. Uh, and uh, I get the reasons why he has now taken it off. But a player of Nathan's ability, that shouldn't have been even an option that he should have qualified for it way in advance, a player of Nathan's calibre. Um, so is Peter, to be fair. Even when he wasn't playing well, again, misjudged his calendar during the Premier League as well. Both of them did, in my opinion. Does that decision for him to take it off for family matters become so much easier because he knows he's messed up through the rest of the season? Yeah, 100%. What and again, do you think that's a bit of a... Not an easy way out, but actually, does he make that decision if he's... 75 quid away from qualifying and going to a tournament or whatever else. It's, no, 100, it's 100% an easy way out. I know you're saying yeah. it's not. It, 100% an well, easy I, I way don't want to say well, what you're doing, you coward sort of thing. But at the same time, like if he's a lot closer and still in contention, there's absolutely no way, in my opinion, that decision is made. And actually, if he goes, well, there's a family thing anyway, so I didn't want to be there. It's it's a bit like when Man United miss out on their 12 signing transfer of the summer and they go, well, he's crap anyway. I didn't want him. You can relate back to that if you want. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the last set of Pro Tools. We'll do, we'll do 29 first, because obviously that was won by Gezi beating Chizzy in the final. And as soon as Gezi won Players' Championship 30, we all knew what was coming for Players' Championship, the, the, the last one. Um, but a decent run um, for a lot. Radics attack, <coughs> another quarterfinal, Jean Van Veen. Went well. Yozza had a great run. Um, so a lot to a lot to digest in, in that one. Who was playing well and, and who wasn't? Ricardo Petrescu backed up, as it did Raymond Van Barneveld, Ross Smith, James Wade, and Richie Edhouse. And of course, this is the time where not only are we looking at players' championship, 
to get to mine, Ed. We're also looking at that world bracket as well. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Pro Tour pressure. It's not followed as massively apart from world match play race, sort of last two, three, four events, however many there is, each time it comes around. And then when you get to the Players' Championship and the World Championship race, um, it becomes that little more pressured for all the players. And obviously, there's more eyes on it from our perspective to see who those dark green and that continued across 29 and 30. Dark green's the key word, isn't it, for us when it comes to this? That's an amazing year. phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Like... <laughs> um, uh, Chris, I didn't say Jules Van Dongen form come from nowhere. This is the form that we saw in Blitz Q School. I think it's just taken him 18 months to adapt to life as a as a tour card holder. This was the these are the numbers that we saw him putting in to win his card. So I think he bounces straight back, if I'm being honest. Um, but going into Players' Championship 30, before a dart was even thrown, we had the withdrawals of MVG, Gezi, and Ando. Um, again, showing how irrelevant the Pro Tour has become for the top players. Which, again, is an issue in itself. I, I, I've, I've said it a, a numerous times that and I may have had a few beers of the week when Peter Wright won the Euros and I said oh that's two of the top eight that aren't going to be at the players championship finals and the system needs to change but it does there has to be a better way to entice these players to play in your staple tour yeah if your top players are too big for your tour then there's an issue and you there's there's two things that are going to happen either somebody comes in with more money or a more lucrative deal that that takes them elsewhere or you're going to miss out on a full stop and you can't and, afford either of those things to happen. And or this, you have to look at the block differently. This is only a block of two for two days. You, you, you can see it a little bit with someone like Desi who's then gone on and won it. It's slightly different. But for a lot of the others to drop out when maybe not perform so well on day one, there's no tournament that weekend. So it's not as if they're flying or prepping elsewhere. It just seems a bit of a strange. Strange reaction to just one day of Pro Tours that they're not staying for the second. You say, God, that they'll get more money elsewhere. Well, they are. That's the issue. I won't tell you the figures, but I heard from a decent source. I'm I'm not saying this is going to be bang on, but I'm not going to tell you the numbers, but they'll be close enough. What Gary and Peter got paid to go and do that exhibition in Germany at the weekend. And all I'll say, it is more than winning a Pro Tour. The numbers I was told. They don't surprise me because they're that valuable an asset in terms and of the crowd. Funny, but they, can earn, in. But they can earn more money. You have to find a way to make these mean more. And the problem is now they have the Euro Tour. They simply don't mean more because these players get protected rankings into the Euro Tour once they're there, which is then worth 25 grand instead of 12. It's a bigger chunk. It keeps them what they need to do. And the chance of them missing out on anything else, invitational or or ranked otherwise, apart from the Players' Championship finals, is virtually non-existent at that point. Oh, he's close. I think we've had one ruled out for offside. It's a dark show, Philip. Pay attention, please. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, 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 that's the issue. But, look, Dave Chisnell... One, no surprise there. But there was a couple of players that made this race interesting all of a sudden. Uh, first of all, Scott Waits. Again, no surprise there. We've seen him 
win a double world championship before, but he got to a quarter final and was good to see. But the two youngsters that again have got bright futures, Cam Crabtree got to the quarter final and lost out to, to Jean Van Veen. But I know he lost in the last, I think it was the last 32. Uh, Owen Bates missed five match starts to beat Damon Hetter. But these two have got bright futures. Yeah, very much so. I know we've um, spoke about two for different reasons on the show. Um, but yeah, bright futures in the Dames and a lot to look forward to even more so next year. Um, but very interested to see the um, the Owen Bates tweet this morning. I'm assuming you've both seen it. I was just coming to that. Do we think he was told that he had to change his nickname after qualifying for the World Championships? Do you think that called The way his manufacturer have worded it, it suggests so. That, that's what it's I mean. That's why was... quote, but the manufacturer going, given that this has to change, like... Yeah, that's what that's what I was going off of. The fact that Loxley of the way they put it, get the last of the uncensored packaging now. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a great little marketing stunt. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say it's a great way to sell your last few because you're not going to have any more after after oh. the sell-out, you would assume. Oh, 100%. Um, but look, two boys that have an absolute future in this sport. Um, obviously, Owen has a tour card and think Cam will go through Q school right now, if I'm being honest. The form that he's showing, I know stuff can go wrong, but he'd be one of the front runners to win one of those cards. Then moving into the Friday, which is a nice little segue into where we're going to go, the Grand Slam qualifier, where we had eight spots available at the Aldersley Leisure Village in Wolverhampton. Um, it was interesting, to, to say the least. Um, congratulations to the eight qualifiers. Danny Noppert, who was seeded one for the tournament. Um, Stephen Bunting, Ryan Searle, Nathan Rafferty, Damon Hetter, Steve Lennon, Martin Clearmacher, and Brendan Dolan were the eight qualifiers, boys. But there was there was drama and there was twists and turns along the way. There was. I mean, if we're being completely honest, you look at those eight players to come through and you look back through the draw. And I'm actually... Don't think there are too many upsets. There aren't too many shocks. Like predicting the eight to come through is incredibly difficult. But actually, if you look at those eight players, Ross Smith just missing out to Nathan Rafferty, you can make a case for that one. And I think Daryl Gurney falling five four earlier on to Steve Lennon. Other than that, are we really surprised about anybody making it slash not making it? No, I, I do think it's one of the strongest field from a seeding perspective that we've probably thumb, seen them through more so a Grand Slam qualifier because of how many there is um, there was a lot of names sort of around on Friday morning around players that are qualified who have not had such great years um, but actually from this perspective and the names coming through there's no one you look at and you think that's th you worry about them down into the slam and not being able to win a game or not potentially winning I, I look at that and I think well there's opportunities there for, for all of the eight pre-draw. I'm surprised that Rafferty qualified, and and that's nothing against him, but he's not had the greatest of, of two years. Um, no, but again, like I said, Ross Smith has missed out in a like, the, the shoot yeah. last leg decider there, and Daryl Gurney would have come through that Steve Lennon-James Wilson route of the draw. 
So actually, they're the two you can perhaps make a case for. Rafferty hasn't had the best year, neither has Steve Lennon, to be fair, but he's played brilliantly on the day, especially to get the job done, 106 against James Wilson. I mean, I'm still... Eight is still way too many. 100%. Way, way too many for this. And actually, now that the BDO is gone, perhaps part of the appeal is when you do get eight, you do get the odd random person from absolutely nowhere qualifying for a slam that gives them three group games on a TV tournament that perhaps they won't have had and we won't have seen all year. That doesn't seem to have happened either. Yeah. Um, also, Steve Lennon's taken a huge stride to potentially keeping his tour card by qualifying for this as well. Yeah, but it gives... It, that's probably the issue with eight and not saying if it wasn't for that Steve Lennon might not have done on and won his next game and still qualified, but it, it displays that two opportunities of a qualification to go on and win something, win some big money and keep cards and push on for their season. There's a drum slam opportunity and then there's the world championship qualification opportunity. So for Steve Lennon, it's it's a huge boost that you can go in with them. And we've seen it plenty of times at the slam that the short format of groups can set someone up perfectly, even if you are in a, a difficult group, which for Steve Lennon has ended up that way. Right. We've done the niceties. Now let's go on to the Grand Slam. Before we actually talk about the darts, what a freaking shambles of a draw. How can someone that has come through a qualifier end up in the top pot of seeds for a draw? I mean, he, he has won two Pro Tours this year, but it's still nonsense. If you haven't made it via your initial qualifying criteria and you come through the qualifier absolute last resort to get there, there is absolutely no way you should be in anything but the bottom part. The same Agreed. way that I've been on about this for weeks now, the 16 players that come through as tournament winners, whether that be from a TV event, a Euro Tour or Pro Tour, they should be in ranking order, right? Because that's just how it is. You can't decide to rank your majors because then they'll be uproar with everything else. So that absolutely has to be one thing. Those 16 players that are generated from tournament wins have to be your top 16 players. The next eight players, your pot three, have to be your international qualifiers. Your, your two from the women's series, your dev tours, your challenge tours, your whatever else. And then that pot four have to be your eight qualifiers, regardless of rankings. The beauty of a group draw is you can get a group of death. You can chuck a Danny Nopper in there with two players ranked inside the top 16 or from your pots one and two and your dev tour qualifier or world youth championship who happens to be Luke Little or something next year. That absolutely has to happen. Once again, it looks like they're going to protect the seedings beyond because there's no talk of the bracket on the website or the article. It just says uh, order of player will be decided for Saturday. The top two from each group will progress to a knockout. Now, the fact they've seeded the players into pots, one A, B, C, D, as one, eight, three, four, or four, five, and whatever it is, means that they're going to protect them once again. So you're going to end up with the same players from your group in the quarterfinals if you both keep progressing. That's an absolute nonsense. As the top eight players, you already have enough protection in that you're not playing somebody else from the top eight. Anything else after that should just be a lottery. You can use, you can basically go and rip off the FIFA World Cup bracket where they play Group H and plays Group E or whatever else. It's there for you. You don't have to do any work. You literally just have to go and place your names in there and draw your top eight players into one of those groups. And so be it. 
if your number one and your number two end up playing each other in the round of 16. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, it's double, double, like it's double protection to them draw each other in the quarterfinals again is an absolute joke. You cannot have seed and protection for a group and the bracket in the same tournament. It's yeah. one or the other. It's the, the, the whole the Grand Slam seeding makes absolutely no sense. I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you in regards to how it should be split. The fact you've got eight qualifiers split across the four seedings pops. So from not being one and it goes all the way down that we've got a mixture in two, three and four. There is absolutely no consistency in the Grand Slam. We, we're unsure on qualification criteria for a lot of it in regards to Pro Tours, Euro Tours, if someone's done and won a majority of the major tournaments or then you've got this breakdown and then then comes into Euros and Pro Tours, just needs sorting out and being a very, very clear plan of how that works. And then you can look at only having two, three, maybe four qualifiers and then introduce others if a possibility happens that I've now Michael van der Windows and clean sweeps and wins the lot. Then you open that sort of criteria back in, drop into Pro Tools, drop into Euro Tools. But right now, there's just, for the Grand Slam, there's no consistency at all. I had no idea how the seedings were going to pan out, Tom, once you've had that qualification. And like says, there's no way that Noppy should be a seed. He, due to his world ranking, Noppy's been a seed in the Grand Slam qualifier, and then he's never seed in the Grand Slam. It's just not right. He, and he's in a group with someone who's won one of the biggest TV tournaments of the year and he's not a seed in Andrew Dilding. No logic at all. I just... There are three, four players, five players, that have won ranking events this year that haven't qualified. That have all won Pro Tours. Would anybody begrudge these players getting in because they've done that over the ones that have? Ryan so. Kim Hybrex, um, Ryan Joyce, Radek Sagansky, Rids, and Ross Smith, the six. That would leave two spaces for a qualifier. The Grand Slam used to have a clear identity, where now it's just a murky, muddy bog. Look, I still love the tournament, the fact we get the round-robin groups and everything like that, but just how you get there, who gets there, is an absolute murky mess. Sell's in, yeah, Sell come through to qualify, my bad, but like, um, Smith lost out in a shootout. Everybody else that came through had to end yeah. up there anyway. So they're just not italic for the right player, that's why. Yeah, it just... Almost to the point where I f the, the, the day they ranked it because Barney moaned was the day they killed the Grand Slam as well. 100%. And I get why. The, there's yeah. qualifiers, there's whatever else, but it should never have been ranked while BDO players are playing in it anyway. To have players up from outside your system playing in a ranking tournament that isn't the World Championships and you be all an end all because they've won stuff elsewhere is, is a complete nonsense. That, that should never have happened in the first place. It's just mad. The minute they've done that, they just keep it's, it's like the rest of the PDC system as well. They just add things on and hope it fixes an error. 
There's never a rebuild. There's never a restart. There's never... We understand that this has actually got out of hand a bit, so we're just going to give it a complete revamp. They did that with the World Cup, and let's be honest, they still messed that up with the seedings and the draw that followed afterwards by protecting four players out of the group stage and then into the bracket as well. You can't have both. It's nonsense. I should look at it. If you unrank it, then that international qualifier or one of the pots you can have, obviously you've already got the Asian or the Asian champion, the CDC, but you can also then have one from the DPA, one from the um, DZN uh, as well. You can literally open this up to the affiliate tours, one from the Nordic and Baltics, um, the Caribbean one. You can open this up and literally have one pot as purely internationals or, or whatever you want to call it. And it actually be a showcase of your affiliations rather than wait for the championships and they get beat first round and they're gone. You don't, they don't get a chance to settle at Ali Pali, which is a much bigger, much more demanding stage, far more eyes on you. Give them a chance in the Grand Slam. Yeah, where you get three games, win or lose, you're going to get three attempts on that stage. Especially as a lot of those players that would qualify for the Slam would then be the same players to see at the World Championships. So it wouldn't be completely new to it. They'd settle a lot better. And it would increase the standard of the World Championships, which, let's be honest, if they could put more players into the field, they probably would, but are even more concerned about diluting the standard. If they've got exposure to TV games, they won't crap themselves on their first appearance. Yeah, and no, multiple TV games. It's that. It's You guaranteed those free games. You guaranteed a nice little wedge of money, even if it doesn't go to plan, but it tees you up then perfectly for the World Championships if you are one who's thumb through that affiliate way. And the issue, we I know we've spoke about it before, but the fact that like Luke Little is not any yeah. this year's youth championships, does both finally star in, should be in this year's, does it, the outcome of that final has no impact on the slam qualification for this year. So for me, that's also a change that needs to happen because you've got, got even two, longer to wait. You've got two players, yeah, you've got two players coming in, two players coming in before instead of. Oh, I don't envisage it happening with Littler or Van Veen, if I'm being honest, but they are your one and two. But we've seen previous years that drop, and I just feel it's it's there's so much that can change with it or should change with it. But at some point, they're gonna to have to double up an event because if they're gonna make the dev tour over a smaller duration to fit in around school holidays, as it looks like they have done with it finishing in August, they can't be waiting 14 months for a crack at the slam. Look what it did to Joe Davis when he had to wait 11. At some point they've got to double these guys up and they've got to get it into this season. If they're going to keep the dev tour finishing in August, they have to. I don't. I agree, but I don't see how they do it under the current guys. Just take two spots away from a qualifier. Yeah, exactly. They're, that. they're not going to do that. Easy qualifiers that. down. Take two away this year. Bring in or take four away next year. Bring in the two from the dev and double them up. Unless one of those players doubles up, and then we'll send an extra back to the qualifier and two more internationals. And the following year, we'll take four away, and we'll just keep working our way down. Or they'll be back to four international qualifiers, and you add. So the two that went to the double up youth tour or dev tour suddenly become your Caribbean and your Asia or your Caribbean and your New Zealand. For the first year, you just give Australasia one instead of giving them Australia and New Zealand. I, I, I get that, but and, I, and I, by the way, I'm not disagreeing. 
But I'm just playing devil's advocate here because the PDPA will get involved because the amount of shit they'll get off their tour card holders. That hang on a minute, it's a rank going back to being a ranked event, and you're giving opportunities to people that aren't on the tour to take money out. That that's what we'll. I'm not saying I agree with it. But they've That's had 30 seconds as a minimum to get there. They've had an entire season, if not more, to get themselves in it. I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I'm yeah. saying is, is the argument is, I will come from the, eight, the 128 tour card holders, and the majority of the ones that aren't there, is you are allowing non-tour card holders to take a big proportion of ranking money out of the system. That's well, what my argument to them is, don't be mad, be better. So that's why the American PDPA actually did something to support their players after the rest of the shit they've put up with for the last few years. There's more pressing matters than the Grand Slam. It depends what you call by. I genuinely would rather watch this at the moment. (laughs) It makes more sense. And don't even get me started on the fact they've effectively removed the nine dart shootout from the groups because averages is now a decider. That was the same last year. Yeah, I know, but we we barely covered that last year, and now I'm even more angry about it because I've seen how brilliant they are at the Super Series. Grow up. (laughs) Um, So, before we actually get into the draw, I think we'll we'll all agree that the Grand Slam needs work. But it's still better than the Grand Prix. Piss off, you nonce. What did all your Twitter supporters say? Yeah, well, show them the last 20 minutes to see if they still agree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find you tried to be clever and it backfired on you well this is why world should not be ran on democracies <laughs> <laughs> um, right let's, let's have a look at the groups we knocked this up earlier there they are uh, group A, B, C, D, E, F, G and H first of all boys I think it's fair to say group F will be the afternoon session um, don't don't they normally split it into top half? A, top B, C, and D, and E, F, G, and H afternoon and evening. I would then assume that E, F, G, and H would be the afternoon and would be the evening. Sorry, due to group C. G. Yeah, due to group G, the bottom half will play Saturday night, Sunday night, Tuesday night. I would, on assumption, go that way. Which means that Group F will open up Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Lou. I think they'll. Group G is far. You're going to put Group G in the afternoon? No, I think they'll swap it around and just mess it all up just to fit TV. But then they don't get the equal amount of rest breaks that they should do. Yep. When's that? Well, I've, that, that's the precedent I've never, I've, yeah, I've never known them do that with a slam. It's always been A to D and E to H. Yeah. In in whatever order, but it's always been that way. <laughs> it's basically do Sky want Fallon in the evening when they've got more viewers, or do they want the world champion, the Grand Prix champion, and Gerwin Price? And that will send a very big message to the rest of the world. They'd be able to argue it with MVG now. Can you argue it with Danny Nopper, though? Group G will be in the evening. Which means that... And A, B, C and D will be in the afternoon. Yeah. A couple of years ago, it was switched around and it was muddled up. Because I remember looking at it thinking, why have they done this? 
you still you could still get away with E, F, G, and H being in the evening. It's only G. It's only F from a viewing perspective that doesn't really. There's still your Peter Wrights, Aspinall, GZ. Obviously, then MVG, Fallon, Bow. You, you've got your two women playing on that on the evenings of Saturday and Sunday. I think it'll just be a top half afternoon, bottom half evening. That's a massive statement to send out, though. A huge statement in terms of, as Gob said, your world champion, your world number one isn't in prime spot. Funny though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, hilarious. Would they not argue with the rest of the group though that that's a product of what it is? Probably. It'll be interesting to see what happens when that comes out. <laughs> Can't see playing it any other way. I'm not going to lie. Many of them. It's a new opening game on in Group F. No, Group G. Sorry. To new see Michael Van Derwin and Fallon Cherrick being on at four o'clock when there's all your football on. No chance. On Sky Sports, or you could have it at half nine, ten o'clock, whatever the the main slot is on a Saturday. That is not going to be on at four o'clock on Saturday. So it has to be on the evening. Interesting. So anyway, back to the groups. Which which group catches your eye the most? Chat room as well. Get involved. I was split between group B with Clayton, Dolby, Roth and Vampire, and Group E with Peter Wright, Dave Chisnell, Stephen Bunting and Stoll Bunts. They were the two that sort of stood out. I get why a lot are going towards Group C, but I guess the form of dirt changes that a little bit. Um. So the group I'm probably more excited to watch out of all of them is, is Group E. Does that to Dole anyway? Starbun's playing very well. Stephen Bunting is in some very good form. You know I all think that Dave Chisnell's going to win a TV tournament at some point. And, and Peter Wright. And Peter Wright, we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, so Group E is the one for me. That's B for me. Don't get me wrong. Chris Doby is the most informed player in that group right now. However, if he is at 95%, Clayton will match that level. Josh Rock is capable of matching that level, despite the fact he's been garbage all year and his record on TV is played for, lost for this year. Uh, And Barry Vampir is right up in that conversation of the best player in the world of Alta Torcard and has been for nine months. I'm not sure he is recently. The last three months, I don't think Barry Van Pier has played anywhere near the level he was at six, nine months ago. Last time he was at the Super Series, he was garbage. 
which was recently. Yeah, that's that's why Drew P stands out to me because the one on unsure one on form is the last person to win a title on TV, which is Peter Wright. But we're not sure right now what Peter Wright we did there. But the other three in that Cheesy Bunting and um, Bunts, I expect a very high level from them three. That means if Peter Wright does turn up, that becomes a very very intriguing group. Group C, if Dirk was in form, that would be very, very good. However, just right now, I don't see anything other than Gary and Luke coming through that. The form that, that, that Dirk's in, the fact he skipped the last couple of Pro Tours to, to try and get that shoulder fixed. I, I, I like Group D as well. I think that I don't think Rafferty comes out of it, but I think the other three, there's not been an awful lot between them. Gazzy's not been at his brilliant best on TV this year. Ryan Searle has been solid. And we saw what uh, Jian can do at the European Championships. I, I like that. Uh, yeah, of course, we can put the groups up again for you. There we go. It won't be very watchable, but Group F will be very competitive. Oh, it'll be competitive. It'll just be an absolute bore fest. Let's be brutally honest. And then we're not saying they're not bad players or anything like that, but it'll be watching like watching a combination of Crystal Palace, Stoke under Pulis, and Burnley under Dyche in a round robin. And the best thing about that is, despite the fact that the top three players are all professionals and have won PDC ranking events, the one of them who actually throws the dart in the most aesthetically pleasing proper action is Haruki Muramatsu. Yeah. He has the best action of, of the lot of them in there. Oh, 100%. It's glorious. It's so easy. Um, Bo and Fallon both handed tough tasks. Uh, Fallon in with Rob Cross, Martin Clearmacker, and an MVG, where Bo's in with Nathan Aspinall, Damon Hetter, and a very good looking at the moment, Ricardo Pietretsko. Yes. I actually think Bo's been given a tougher task once again. Uh, I said this at the Worlds last year, and she, she's probably been handed that again. Uh, the three players she's in with aren't the sort that are going to take her lightly. They aren't the sort that are going to give her that ride or, or have that sort of fear, I don't think. And Aspinall would just... Aspinall would fight with himself in the mirror if it meant he had to get up for something. He's that sort of player. He isn't bothered. He, he's not going to take anybody lightly. Hetter, I just think he's, he's a different Hetter to what we've seen in the last couple of years. He will still do some weird walk on, or he will still get himself going. And actually, the minute he's on the hockey, he won't offer up any mercy. And, and Petrescu is in the form of his life and won't want to give that up right now. He's, he's hitting maximums for absolute fun. Whereas Fallon, I think Clearmacker is a game that she's got to target, obviously. And if she can get at Rob Cross, depending on the time and place of that game in the session. I don't think she should or would be targeting anything against Van Gerwen, except get a couple of legs on the board and keep your leg difference intact. But actually, Clearmacker, have a shot at, and then see how you get on with Rob Cross. The only thing I would say, and probably I do think Bo's got the more difficult group, I agree around the Aspinall comment. However, I think it works in Bo's favour that if she's going to be Aspinall in that group at all, it would be game one not down two or down three, just to open that event. 
and the Fallon one, I think she would target the Michael Dane just on the basis of she probably, out of all the PDC professionals, she probably plays Michael more than she does anyone else due to the exhibitions and the crossover that that is more natural to Fallon to play Michael than it is to play a crossover clear mate. So, again, and being the opening game, I think that Fallon and Bo have to get anything out of that group have got to attack the first game. And I'm not saying for Bo to beat Asp or Fallon to beat Michael, but they've got to be looking at getting, you know, at least three leads on the board, I think, to then set them up. Just if they lose five, it is five three, is it best of nine? Yeah, best of nine, yeah. If they was to lose five three to both five three each, that still puts them in a decent position going into those final two games because as you said there, the lead difference can come into play. And it will give them a lot of confidence if they can get that and put a bit of fear into Aspen MVG. So it's very, very difficult groups, but I think they've got to attack that Saturday. I, I agree with the comment. I think Fallon will be comfortable playing MVG. The fact that we saw her go up against him in the Nordic Darts Masters and, like you say, the fact they play in so many exhibitions, I think she'll be... Look, I don't think she beats her, but I think she'll feel comfortable playing him. Um, what was the question I said? If you are Fallon or Bo, whose group would you rather? Fallon's for me. I mean, I'm absolutely not writing off Rob Cross at all here, by the way. Like, he is one of the most formed players of the year. He's, he's won World Series events. Um, and actually, he's heading into the back end of the year in, in very good form and looking like he might go on to win a title. And it may even be this one. But he is a player who is a little bit streaky at times, a oh, little bit hot and cold more than anybody else at the top. And a little bit of a player who we see his B game winning games more often than pretty much anybody else. At that point, if he does turn out of a B game and it's a bit of a battle, Fallon's got a chance. And I, I'm looking at player three in this in those two groups because I think you can argue MVG and Aspinall both on TV have both had the moments this year. Heta and Cross, you can say very similar. Cross Super Series, Heta's won it. So for me, it's that. And Petrescu and Clearmate, and Petrescu's totally coming in a better form, is that's probably just edges why Group H is a little bit more difficult than what I would say Group G. Um, but it's not an easy time. It could have worked out a lot better for both of them. Yeah, I agree. And disaster. Mickey van der Vin just absolutely twanged the hamstring. Laggy. <laughs> Looks Dark like Everson Rail's coming on. Dark show, you two red cards and two goals rolled out for offside, but yeah. Dark show, gentlemen. Dark show. Yeah. Even if I'm celebrating for once after a weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they, they do bull off for the for the darts in each game. That that um that don't change. I'm sure it will soon. They'll let the scenes the first. I've changed my mind. Group here is absolute carnage. <laughs> Don't agree with me now. TV Peter Wright is different to can't get for a pro tour Peter Wright. Dave Chisnell is solid in a short format. Bunting is my outside tip to win pretty much anything at the moment. His form looks magnificent since he's gone up in waiting darts. And Stobunts is well, he's incredibly unique. Um, uh, the fact they've managed to pair Wright and Bunts 
in this completely random draw. Random draw is is quite amusing. And James Madison's going off injured as well. Yes. Literally, Van der Vin has been carried off. That hamstring has gone ping like a guitar string. This is the day that you will always remember. <laughs> um, before we get into some predictions and whatever, again, another draw that's not live, the same as the WDF one. In this day and age, it doesn't matter who you are, what organisation you are, whether it's darts, tiddlywinks, snooker, croquette, this not doing a live draw is complete bollocks. Yeah. I I remember tuning in. I'm then at the back about six, seven years ago, tuning into the radio and listening to the draw being made for the Grand Slam. The, they've done variations of the draw for this that has been live to then remove that and now have a pre-retorted... It's, I just don't get it. You can... You can put it live on your YouTube channel. You could put it live on social media. It doesn't... Obviously, we understand the World Championships and it goes on Sky Sports and all that sort of stuff that comes with it. We're not expecting a big show with every draw, but we want to be able to see it live. No, but how many Sky tournaments are there a year that have a draw? Five? Worlds is, is the only one that is true, truly live, live. Match play... Grand Prix, Grand Slam, World Cup, World Cup, Worlds. Premier League doesn't have a draw. Five. Yeah. We've got a fucking news channel. Sky a broadcast partner, use them. Like, um, there's no excuse for it because even if your excuse is, well, actually, we can't put the graphics on screen, it gets a bit confusing in a live broadcast. We don't have the technology in our broadcasting. Use Sky. They clearly do. Carl says, what What difference does it make? Just it eliminates doubt. Because if you don't see it live, look, and by the way, we're not saying anyone does this, but the interpretation is always there. Was that the original draw? Was that really? I'm not, I'm not going to say how I found out, but go back, was it two years or three years, when we were actually streaming at the time, and I had a message saying Callum Ridge is playing Glenn Durham at the match play. And then an hour later, the draw came out, and that was it. So the players knew. And and, and things like that. Like, um, like, you, like you said, the main thing is just eliminating the doubt. It's, it's, it's transparency. Yeah. And again, I remember when we were trying to find out, we, we, we were trying to do some dirt Dirt. We were trying to find out that we obviously talking about it. Who had who at the lakeside draw? And the message I got back was the laughing face. Who does live draws these days anyway? The seniors, because I insist on it. Yeah, because I end up doing them. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's absolutely no. I don't know what the word is. It, it's not a coincidence. The fact that me and you are involved in the world seniors and they do their draws live. Yeah. Because we absolutely insist on it. 100%. It just eliminates any possibility of of, of foul play or, or anything like that. I'm not suggesting anyone does, by the way, but it just eliminates that 
element of doubt. From my point of view, it would be so much easier if they weren't. Yeah. But you do the draw, you send all the information to your graphic designer, and you have everything ready to go all in one go. And you can schedule your post and get them out as of trying to turn that around whilst outlets that aren't yourself are reporting on your own draw is ridiculous. But and there's times when actually other people beat us to put our own draw out because of manpower and graphics and whatever else. They're watching it live, they're, they're set to go. And at times you think, oh, this does really could do. But like being live and the integrity around that draw being live, for me, is far more important than rushing to get the data online in that regard. And But if, if you spin that round, yes, they've released the draw, which for me, it's, it's pointless. You might as well just send the draft out anyway if you didn't do it, not do it live. But why not? Truly, the viewing figures, if they was to release this morning, five o'clock on our PDC YouTube channel or whatever platform they want to use, the amount of figures that they will have tuning in to watch that draw instead of today, we are all waiting for a release at any point. That draw could have happened at one o'clock this afternoon. Surely from a, a viewing feeders perspective, that's a positive, whether it be the seniors, WDF, whoever that may be. I know the WDF sort of done part of that by saying when it was going to be released, but even then, then didn't do a live. So well, literally, when the draw came out today, all I did was skip to the end, press stop, so the graphic was on screen. Yeah. But again, you know, again, the, the same with the WDF one there and the PDC one, you know it's not live when the names come up straight away and the graphics there at the end. You know it's been put together because I make them and they... Or well, when the WDF one says premiering on YouTube and not... Yeah, that <laughs> was, that was live. funny, yeah. as, as soon as I... live stream. <laughs> it's live. Um, yeah, but that's, that's our rant on draws over for, for a time anyway. Um, right, I would like your predictions and chat room as well. Who comes out of each group? You know, put it back up on the screen. Um, there's me, notepad. That notepad must be worth a fortune of really bad predictions, Mr. Boss. I know because I just ripped the page out. Well, I'm wrong. <laughs> There's no pages left. <laughs> Especially not of mine. Yeah, it's just like gone. Um... Uh, yeah, of course, you have the groups up one more time. It's not a problem. They are the... the new prime is banging before we move on. Well, the let's, move. Is. let's move on. Should it be? If you're wearing a cap backwards, don't give me shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, everyone. Who who comes out of Group A? I'm trying to get my notes up on my laptop, and the last thing I wrote was my top five boy bands. <laughs> that that you didn't bring them to question time, Dob. Um, <laughs> Michael Smith and. Christoph Ratosti. What are you saying, Gob?
James Wade and Christoph Ratajski. I am going for Michael Smith and James Wade. Don't start. None of us agree. That's good. That's good. That means we haven't cursed anyone. Uh, it, it just means Nathan Durbin's definitely winning that group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, group B. That would be definitely. And I've got Vampire written down. Are you drunk? I've got the touch. Josh Rocker's naught from four on TV this year. And Johnny Clayton has been chopping and changing darts, has no confidence, and his last six performances has averaged 95 once. I've got Vampire. I've got the two in Clayton and Dolby, the top two, but the other way around, Dolby winning the group. Clayton's second. Uh, I am going Clayton and Rock. Group C. Humphreys, Van Dyvenboda, Anderson, Lennon. Humphreys one, Gando two. Yeah, I'll second that. However, I don't know why, I just got this feeling that he won't be playing sailing in the group for Ando, but he'll, he will get through. I've got the same. I feel like Steve Lennon is one of those players that he's got a dreadful record against, and I can't think why. Uh, I've got the same too. I've just got him another way around. I'm going Gary to win the group, Luke to come runner up. No, friend. <laughs> group D. Price one, Gian two. Sell one, price two. The Annesley, he doesn't lose. So then? It's Annesley, he doesn't lose. Who are you yeah. going for, Boise? Sell one, price two. He lost last... He lost in the group stage last year, didn't he? I my app. Barley beating back, get in the way of my act. <laughs> it's the Annesley, he doesn't lose. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Barney beating didn't he? Cost two. Yeah. I'm going price one, Gian two. Group E, okay, good luck with this one. Bunting one, Chisnell two. Bunting one, choose not two. I'm going to fuck this all up, aren't I? Well, to be honest, anything's a possibility in this group. <laughs> but I just think, put on with Dob. Bunting's playing too well, not stun through it. Peter one, Chizzy two. The group of boredom. Uh, Nop at one, darts loses two. (laughs) 
But if you insist, I'll put Gilding in there. Boise? Dolan, Noppy. I'm going Noppy and Gilding. Group G. Lango in one, cross two. Van Der in one, cross two. Now, I'd love to shock everyone and say, but I, I'm not going to. Fall on what? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, MVG one, cross two. Group H. Hatter one, Petrasco two. Nathan Aspinall is having a really, really long rest up until the World Championships, right? Not take the group stages, Dob. Then not playing the players. I think the issue is he's had a big rest before this. Damon Hatcher and Ricardo Petrasco between them are two of the most informed players in the world. Hatcher was in the semi-finals of both Pro Tours just recently. Petrasco's won a Euro Tour, backed up with a decent run in the Pro Tour. I don't think Aspinall was playing enough darts. The only way to get out of this rut is to play more darts. He played darts in the set of Pro Tours before that and lost early in both of them and then cleared off. I think because he comes through... He worked in Bo's favour of him first, but I still think that's comes through. The fact that he'd only have Damon and Petrescu and only needing to win one more of those, I think he still gets through. But I've done Heta 1, Aspinall 2. I am going... Aspiral 1, Pietrescu 2. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, we've dissected the groups. I would like now like who you think will be your winner and runner-up of the 2023 Grand Slam of Darts. So just to confirm, as we believe it, 
We need a player from Group A to D and a player from Group E to H. As we currently stand, that they may change this, but this is based off of last year's assessment of how it broke down. Correct. Okay. Like I say, we, we may look stupid in a couple of days, but this is complex for them. A bit like my county having Super League fixtures of us at home for the entire half of the season and then swapping them over because we have two teams at the venue and they can't comprehend that. Yeah. Um, so, a winner and a runner-up. <laughs> Derwin Price. See, I've done Derwin Price MVG final, but I've had Price beating Dolby in one semi and MVG beating Bunton in the other. MVG beats Price. Sounds quite obvious, but I don't think it's as plain sailing the rest of the tournament. What are you going for, Gob? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> You've done something stupid, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> He's done bottom half, Stephen Bunting. In the final and top half, can't remember who we had in the groups. Um, Chris Dolby, James Wade. Oh, stop! For the second major in a row, James Wade loses in the final to Stephen Bunton. I've um I've got tickets. I I think the front row tickets to the final of week on Sunday made a massive f up on the tickets. By the way, meant to buy semi final and brought final. However, if it's Stephen Bunting versus James Wade in that final, Bob, you can have my place free of charge, <laughs> and I will stand out the venue. <laughs> you all heard that, by the way. <laughs> When we do fallout bar on Friday night, he's going to be very nervous when they're both still in the tournament. James Wayne's not there at the group. Don't worry about the final. Okay. I am going for... Michael Van Gerwen. Correct, he will be in the final. Gary Anderson in the final, because I love Gary and he looks brilliant, but he ain't got it to be Ga Michael in El Clasico of that. Well, I'm going the fairy tale complete. Gary Anderson wins the tournament he craves. Oh, but I did something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going for Gary Anderson winning the missing piece from his jigsaw puzzle and wins the Grand Slam of Tarts. So you've got Phil, you've got Anderson to win it. You've got, have got James Wade to be in the final. Could you be any more predictable? <laughs> <laughs> 
Some things are just meant to be. But I'm not giving you my ticket if it's Phil's final, by the way. That sounds an awful lot better than... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just... And, And if it pays out, and if it plays the way we think it is, Gary will have an advantage because he's coming from semi-final number one. And we all know that semi-final number one has an advantage at the Grand Slam of darts. Who who did you have being who in the semi? Both of you? I didn't. I just plucked those two names and thought, fuck it. <laughs> does, does my semi-final plays out there MVG and obviously Price are in there? And I'm thinking, did you have MVG and Price both losing Sunday afternoon? Well, I've got much earlier than that. I'm going on. Pish bosh. <laughs> um, so that's the crazy Grand Slam of darts for 2023. Uh, look, I, I know we've, we've slagged everything, but I, I'm looking forward to the tournament. Um, it should be good. For some, last chance saloon before the World, before the world Championships. So from social media today, Smith and Aspinall had another four-hour practice session. From a video that definitely wasn't taken from the driver's seat of a moving car. <laughs> you saw it as well, yeah? Yeah, silly boy. <laughs> um, but the Aldersley Ledger Village will be the home for the next week. So, stay tuned everyone. It's going to be good. Talk yourself into it. Enjoy it, Gob. No. Not having it, is he, Boise? No, not at all. I'm like already trying to plan other days to be there. Especially group stage Monday, Tuesday night. You've got fallouts to do, mate. Don't don't be don't be sneaking off now. Well, I'll have to do it on my phone. <laughs> on the front. Um, right, we'll go into Boise's favourite topic of announcements, the WDF. There was an announcement. Multiple. Um, yeah. Um, the draws are out for Lakeside. Not live. Shock. <laughs> Um, and look, there could still be potential changes to that draw. There is still a East and West European qualifier. And I think potentially there might be at least one change to come, if not two. Yeah, I've changed my mind on that as well, because when we spoke about this last time, I thought, Sebastian Birovski is not playing well enough at all. And then the man went and hit a nine data and made champion fight. So, yeah, uh, it looks a lot better than he did when we first had that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Birovski has got a huge chance of coming through the East European qualifier. Do we know that the players we've spoke about potentially then dropping out of WDF are going to these qualifiers? Birovski, 100%. It, it are the likes of Yella and... Was it Wesley Plazier we mentioned as well? I thought Plazier we and Barton's as well. Are they all going or? I don't know, but I 
I think Yellow will. I think Yellow will. I think Yellow will. I, I think Andy Barton's would be silly too, because I do think he's firmly in contention to win that Lakeside title. That's a, not a, not on that draw. That draw is horrible for mm. him at seed one. That doesn't have done much worse. Depending then on how Sebastian does. Yeah. Um, just looking at it, obviously, Bartons can go. Yella, Placia, maybe Tricol. I'll ask Tebow tomorrow. I know it's a bit late for tonight, but I'll ask him if he's going to plan on going. Because he's all done. He's, he's done every challenge tour and, and everything possible this year. Played in the World Cup. Allez les bleus. So it wouldn't surprise me if Tebow went. It wouldn't, but then there is also that, does he want to go that one step further than last year? He's one of those players that might get drawn into previous success and wanting to go better. Yeah, possibly. Um, that's the yeah. argument with somebody like Tebow is that he was a finalist last year and might want to go and win that title. Um, I don't know if it says it in the calendar when it is or not. Which one? The dates of the qualifier. They are a few weeks away, I think. Didn't you share something, Dob, in our group? Um, upcoming... Yeah, so they are right. The West European one is on the 18th of November. The East European one is on the 25th of November. East to the West. And then he's in the, the Tortard qualifier on that Monday, the 27th. 27th and that's, the November, yeah. that's the wrap. That's the wrap. Yeah. Yeah, four spaces. So there's six left 18th, 25th, 27th. Other important days. Um, cheers, Patrick. Um, Lamman and Placia will go. Barton's not sure. That answers your question that Placia will go. Interesting. Um, cheers for that, buddy. Um, yeah, not long to to do it. And also, with the ones on the 25th, that's only just over a week before Lakeside. That doesn't give the WDF long to get the replacement in. It doesn't, but the reserves are in place, I believe. So the players who are in them positions are, I'm just reading, should any player withdraw after the draw has been made, but before the first day, the invitation will be expanded to the next available host run player from the um, main ranting table. So if you are in that position, you're I mean, sitting there cheering a few players on in them qualifiers, let's be honest. 100%. I bet it's a short turnaround and it's not great if seed, well, any of your seeds drop out, any of your players drop out, but it's not a worry that someone's not going to be ready for it. No. Who is next in the rankings? Does it say? Rankings 
World Championship race tables. It is Kevin Luke. Aaron Turner's there, isn't he? Is Peter Mach in there? Uh, Aaron Turner's there, yeah. Oh, this could be anything. Oh, that's 2024. Duh. Where's the 2023 race? Anyone? I'm just going off the main rankings then. Right. So, anyway, out of your... Mike Gillett. He's there already. John Scott, maybe? Possibly. Because Edwin Torbjornsson was one of the last to get a call-up, wasn't he? Yes. Mike Gillett is ranked 42nd. John Scott, 43rd. Paul Lim, 44th. Imagine. Well, there's Shawnee Max there, and he's ranked much lower. Yeah, it's not on this. Does anybody not... understand this fucking system? Because I don't. Them, them are based on the two years rolling starting January, I believe, their current ranking system. Euler. <laughs> Anyone? Right. So, out of the opening round ties, we'll do the men's first and then we'll do the women's afterwards. Um, which games excite you? I'm drawing it now. No, not a problem. Um, ABM, good to have you in. The same as you, Phil. Have a good night, mate. Thank you, as always. It, to be honest, it's a good way to open the World Championship. There's no denying that in on Saturday afternoon with Sebastian, Bielecki and Stop Marsh. That, for a first-round tie at the WDF, that is a very, very good watchable game. Um <sighs> I'm hoping to double and see Reese at some point. So obviously, just love all that down see Reese, Tolly, then stay Prince. But other than that, I am more looking at how that goes into the second round. Because when the seeds come into play, there is potentially some very, very tasty second round ties. Yeah. Um, I think the, the couple that instantly jump off, obviously, Marsh Bielecki, uh, Johnny Tata, Sean McDonald, I'm looking forward to. Like, I think, for me, Shawnee Mack is one of the dark horses for this because he plays to such a consistent level that he may not go up to the the 108s and things like that, but he's at one of those levels where you're going to have to beat him. Yes. Uh, Reese Collie showed a bit of form at the Super Series against Dave Prins. That I also think Prins is in no form at all. No, he basically retired from the seniors. He was having shoulder issues at one point. He'd started playing on the 19s to just get him through and plod along. Yeah, I don't without being I don't expect a lot from Dave Prins this time out. I know he's, he's back playing, but and I know we've obviously from around here. Reese has done awful. We saw it at Super Series. Reese has done awful lot of support though in on that Saturday. Saturday afternoon has worked out perfectly for him. 
the other one that I'm looking forward to, and this will upset Jamie Lewis fans, but I'm looking forward to seeing Jano Bottenberg as well. I was massively impressed with him when he came over for the Super Series. His A game is frightening. Yeah. I worry about it when it's not quite there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But... It's an awful lot, but his A game was ridiculous to watch. Yeah, I completely. I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing him. And of course, look, you can't write off Leonard Gates. The fact he's coming in, in in round one, we know he gets better the more he plays. That that bottom quarter is if there's no changes, is very tasty from a seed and now an unseeded perspective. Bottom bird we did see Jamie Lewis bat. Doesn't seem like it was that long ago that he was in the PDC World Championship semi-finals. Um, Leonard Dates, unsure on what we'll see because we've seen so much great stuff from him this year. Um, but not at the Meriton Championships for a bit more recently. Um, that, that quarter does look very, very tasty down the bottom. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen much of Jamie Lewis either. That he started to get some form back, but he's just we've not really seen him, have we? An awful lot. Well, his latest results on Master Caller are still from Q School. Yeah, which suggests he's not been playing an awful lot. Yeah, I thought from a, I thought I'd seen stuff on socials. With, Jamie Lewis, he played quite a bit. I don't know if that was Lotal Tomps or. Yeah, it's just, I mean, look, no one's even priced it up yet. I want to see who the favourite was. Again, another interesting one, but he has to get it right. And if he's off, then it'll be carnage. Is Danny Lowby? Yeah, in that quarter then. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of question marks across. Then Andy Barton, does he does he play in it? James Hall, we've seen play some dud stuff. He won, he won the, the Challenge Tour event as well, and he, again, he's played yeah. some. Some really good stuff. You look at Neil Duff, who hasn't had the year he would have wanted, probably more so on the seniors, but then we've seen him have a month off, return and pick up the ADC vaults uh, last weekend. So it's what form he then produced over the next month. We know what the likes of Yellow Classington do. And then there's also your Turners and Darren Johnson's, um, Johnson's who are going to be at the seniors on Destiny then this weekend. And, trying to play their way into some form. So it is very much out the field. The week just gone, didn't they? Saturday, then, sorry? They won the weekend, didn't they? Yes. Um, if you were picking it now, who are, who are you calling to win the men's event?
silence is golden. Such an open field. Such an open field. Hmm. Actually, I ain't got a clue. <laughs> oh. I'm going to go. T Bob, one better if he plays in it right now. I'm going James Hurrell. Yeah, I think I am too. I worry about his form on TV. I think he beats Chris Landman in the final if he stays there. Chris Landman. Yeah. Um, it stays in there then, yeah. I, I, no one's priced it up yet. I don't think even their sponsors have. That's so another story. The women's draw is it as cutthroat as who meets Bo in the final? Yes. Is that a little more open, knowing that Lisa Ashton hasn't long had surgery and we don't know what form she's going to be in going into that? No women's series events to get herself prepared in between is now she- and then. Is she at the A is she at the ADC women's? I can't remember if she was in that eight. Part of me sure. part of me feels like she was. She thinks she is. Which would be the Spurs down to nine. And Doggy has just absolutely obliterated Raheem Sterling. He should have been sent off in the first half. He's looking hundred percent. I'm not not arguing. Which then Eileen stands out as then the, the strong favourites come through that bottom half, depending on the form of Lisa. Do you see any other way, Phil, Dob? Um, two seconds. Yes, Zane, it is a dark show. Tell Mr. Balls. No, I'm looking for the odds a minute. I'm just checking. Laura Turner, I'm not convinced of on TV. Zilstra, I don't think, has got it in here. Murphy, I expect Almadino Fayado to play Bo in the quarterfinals from that part of the draw. I think she's brilliant. And it's just how she settles up on that stage. But you look at her women's series form right up there. Uh, Next quarter of the draw... Very nice if Aleta Vaya just does the job and gets it over for everybody, wouldn't it? But I am backing Rihanna Sullivan to come through that quarter. Correct. The next one is probably the most competitive for me. DeGraff, Regnard, Forsmark, uh, Win Stanley, Clements, Ilhaz. I think Ilhaz is a fantastic player. Cannot write her off at all. Lorraine's record is okay there. So is Aileen. I, I still expect that to be a battle of the seeds. Maybe I'll shade Aileen. Just think that action holds up that little bit more under pressure. And then that very bottom part of it. Ouchie Hutchins. Look, Hutchins is a former finalist. Ouchie can play. Harper steady. 
Steenberg, and I don't think she's got the top, top level to go up with Lisa if Lisa rocks up, even with Lisa's B game. I think Steenbergen's A game is a 75. I think Lisa's B game is comfortable of, of hitting an 80, 85 if she needs it. I still think her A game is better than that on her day. If, if Ashton is anything more than 85% fit, I think she comes through that bottom. And then it's Bo, Rianne, Aileen, Lisa, final four. For me, there's only two people that can stop Bo. Rianne and Lisa. Correct. I just She might have to play both of them. She very well might have to play both of them. She might have to. I, I think they're the, they're the only two that could stop her, I think. I think Eileen could, but Eileen could if she was in her half and at it earlier on. Eileen in the final, less likely. Um, but I, if, it's difficult to see anything other than um, Bow being victorious. Yeah, oh, look, she's gonna go into. I've had a look at the, the odds aren't even on the title sponsors page yet. Um, oh, look, Bo will go in probably four to six to win the tournament. You thinking shorter? Knowing what we've seen. When we've had the dominance of Phil and we've had the dominance of Michael in certain tournaments, I think that will be more. Uh, if, you think, if, if you think she was four to seven, I want to say to win the match play in that field was thunder. I only see this being a one to three, one to four for Bell to lift the title. Six months ago, I think it would have been even longer than that. There's absolutely yeah, no value, even, even whatever been... she goes off. There is no value in bow. It's it's the field. You, you, you're yeah. back in a field there. Oh, 100%. And you're but, looking like, at each play. The fact that you was... They will take one to two at the match play. Someone will know what it was. It was around 4-7 or 4-9. I can't remember which way it was for it to do and win it. Because Fallon was fives. who was second favourite. I can't see how that bow's not going to be one to three, one to four to, to lift this oh, title. Yeah, she should be... Favorite and, and rightfully so, but for me, there's only two that that can stop her. Um, Paula Jacqueline returns to the lakeside stage. Just forget a win. Are we going to win a leg? That was the best bet ever at the Indigo. Oh, uh, I, I did it at Lakeside the year before as well. The best bet ever. Half a Twitter you, on it. it was brilliant. Yeah, you, you evil people. <laughs> what? <laughs> Decent value. They offered it as a special. Yeah. <laughs> a set player, they're offering her to not win a leg. To be fair, I know one of the odds compilers and corporate guys at the top title sponsor. I might see if he would give us a special. Is that wrong? Maybe. <laughs> Evil people, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so that is the WDF draw. Uh, we'll preview it more closer to the tournament, but obviously, the, the draw is out. Um, yeah, all good on that front. Uh, Jim McEwen, Saturday night, 
stole the show. It was all about Daryl Pilgrim and Wiley Old Jim rocks up and bags himself 20 G's. It was brilliant. It was Come absolutely brilliant. Start to finish as well, when he like, don't get me wrong, um, Moreno just, just hasn't played well in the final at all. He, he started way too late. All occasions got to him. Um, but the rest of it, yeah, look, Jim held his nerve every opportunity he got. He had to dig deep in the group to beat Pilgrim, to get out of the group. Um, yeah, like, he had a brilliant campaign as well. I thought he was excellent on the Thursday when That's I was bad. there. Yeah. To come out of that four out of five on a Thursday like he did, excellent start. He, he looked really calm and composed up there. When that first start was in, it never looked like he was missing at all. 100%. When Cops at the end of those fingertips, he, he looked brilliant. The week as a whole, I thought, was excellent. It was. It wasn't the biggest Champions Week in terms of names. But it delivered in terms of standard. Yeah, 100%. Now, Bioetsky's nine as well. Congratulations, Gob. You didn't fuck it up. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> in the two days I didn't, but that'll do. Right, be honest. When he's, when he's gone 180, 177, what are you thinking in your head? Are you thinking, don't fuck this up, don't fuck this up? A little. Do you know? Do you know what the savior, the, the savior for me was? It was for the match. Yeah. You don't have to look at the screen and work out how many legs have been played. Yeah. So you didn't. You didn't have to come back. And the sixth leg. leg. Sebastian Bielecki. Yeah, it was game shot on the match. Like it, it's such an easy call there when it's for the match. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. Look, I thought on Saturday night. Look, obviously we're. Lucky we worked behind the scenes. I thought in terms of production, it was the best Champions Night that, that we've had. A lot of new things went into it from more live interviews, the, the MC and everything like that. So I thought, again, it was another massive step forward for the Super Series. Yeah, I, I, I would say I watched it on, watched parts of it on Sunday um, and watching it back and seeing the production and seeing... The extra touches, shall we say, that for me should be needed on finals night. That's what finals night all about. You build up to after 12 weeks, getting to that finals week and then having that 20 day prize fund. Why not build up with it? Great to have Littler there as well. Um, Does seem still supporting, even though he wasn't in it. I just thought generally it was a, it was a very, very good finals night and massive, massive well done to uh, Jim McEwen for winning the title. In, and I agree, probably from finals nights we've had previously, on paper, it shouldn't have delivered as well as the others did, but it definitely did across the week. Oh, completely. And and I guess if it was on paper, as good as what we've seen previously, as much as it is Champions Week, you would have the same old people going to the same old names that into the finals week. We have no change. We actually had a complete variety in comparison to what we've had before, but the quality yeah. hasn't dropped one little bit. We think we had West and Clark who were both in their third Champions Week out of five attempts or four attempts or whatever it is that Steve West had, three straight for him. You had Jim who's now won absolutely everything from a week in Southampton. He's, he's won all the groups now. He, he's one of the players that holds a record for 14 out of 15 wins in Group A. There's an argument he should have been the one to get 15 as well from memory. He's yeah. came pretty late. 
Um, yeah, it was, it was just a really nice balance. We had the fact that there was, uh, I'll be honest, when I left, when I when I left Portsmouth on a Thursday, there was only one possible final for me. Pilgrim against... Andreas Harrison. Yeah. Because his B game, his very first game of the day in Group A yeah. against Matt was dreadful. He averaged 70. From game two onwards, he was playing at PDC tour card holder level. And he just seemed to get better and better and more confident and more calm and more composed up there. And I was like, this is only going one way. Pilgrim, I was a little bit anxious to how he was going to handle the pressure of being such a big favourite and being talked about in regards to that finals Champions Week as such a heavy favourite, given what he did the last time he was on that stage. First game, I thought he set up brilliantly. He had two ton-plus checkouts out of absolute, one of them out of absolutely nowhere. You're like, oh, yeah, you look all right, that. I think the words Conan White had said to him after that was, well, now you've done that to me, you better do that to absolutely everybody else so that I can still get through. Because <laughs> he was like, if you don't play like that against everybody else, we're going to have words because I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah. The added bonus that Conan had won it once before was in the mix all week. I think he'll be disappointed about his Thursday, given that he turned that around a bit on Friday. Um, disappointed with the results, but he actually played quite well on that Thursday. Yeah. just ran into people. Was the thing so results? Yeah, disappointed performances. I actually thought he didn't deserve to be pointless after the Thursday. Yeah. Um, I think as that Thursday just went on, it sort of capitulated a little bit more for him as well. Like he knew everybody was playing well against him, and there was sort of nothing he could do about it. The finish that Quantock put in against him in that final game just pretty much summed up his week, didn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. To, oh, oh, shut up! Go away! Go away! Go away! Oh, what a save. Sorry. Um, uh, to be fair to Paul, it was half his fault, half the wrong game was on the screen that he looked, that he glanced at. Or So, not completely Paul's fault, but it was funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, again, kudos to the Super Series um, for that. You've got the German Super League starting tomorrow. Says Mark says, who do you Fancy anyone but Liam Mandel Lawrence because that would mean he'd go to Ali Pali, and I fancy getting out there before two a.m. Um, there's there's two very distinct camps there, isn't there? There is the WDF field praying that he gets through this event. <laughs> there is the BBC event praying that he doesn't. Um, yeah, no, whatever happens, we are going to see him on our screens. Yeah, I was going to say TV screens, but that'd have been wrong. On our screens, either way, whatever happens in it, but yeah, it will, it will just be long, yeah. Um, as to who's favorite, it's such a long format, it's hard. From what that, as an outsider, I thought Christopher Tunders played bloody well when he played in the Super Series last time. I'm just getting the field up now. It will be on. There we go. Super League match center. 
Is it on PDC TV? Yes. Oh, they haven't even... They've not even populated the groups there. And if you search it in Google, it brings up an article from August. Yeah. Group play. Not there. I give up. <laughs> on Schlipton's Twitter, that's where it is. To be fair, Schlipton, if he plays the way he did in the Super Series, will be dangerous. Well, he missed out last year at this event on leg difference, I think. Yeah. Then he did exactly the same on finals night. So he's had two very close calls in this format. If anything, he's probably played more of this format than anybody else in the past 12 months. Yeah. Uh, group A, Daniel Closer, Lucas Veinig, Kai Gotthardt, Marco Obst, Michael Hertz, and Michael Klonhammer. Uh, group B, uh, Pascal Ruprecht, Liam Mendel-Lawrence, Marcel Gerdon, David Schlichting, Andre Velga, and Paul Kroner. Uh, group C, Dragutin Horvat, Max Hart, Franz Roche, uh, Christopher Tunders, Dominic Grulich, and Arno Merck. And Group D, uh, Nico Springer, Nico Kurtz, Rene Idam, Stefan Superman, uh, Manfred Bildel, and Marcus Kessler. I all eyes will be on Vainik and Hop because of the names, but I actually quite like Nico Springer. He's played well on the Oratory this year, hasn't he? That's what I mean. I'm judging, that's what I'm judging, judging that off of. Think I'm pretty sure it was Grulich that I marked for at the Dev Tour at the World Youths, and he is an incredibly consistent player. He lost out to Gian Van Veen in the last 32 when they get out of the groups. Yeah, yeah. But his group play was very, very good. Um, who did he beat? I think there was a young Dutch lad in there, and Jensen Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's the bit of the CDC, Canada versus America? Yeah, that was the cross-border challenge, which was good. I'm sure looking forward to that coming back again next year. I don't know if Anthony's still in, but we love the cross-border. Yeah, he averaged 91 beating Jensen Walker and 87 beating Jemai van der Helic. Decent. Yeah. Five fours in both, and then I think he lost five two to the Van Veen. Van Veen, apologies. Um, so yeah, that was that. Right, week in darts. Have we That's missed great. anything? County at the weekend, that was fun. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. I don't know, I Hampshire got battered, but. So not, not, not a surprise when I saw the from the players in Hampshire and play, and then the side I saw it was like, mm. um, <clears throat> so my game was pretty interesting. Obviously, Derbyshire got absolutely battered. Um, Jared Cole is back at the Super Series this week, he's changed his darts recently, he's moved away from his variation of the Hemers. He's back to a straight barrel. Um, 
Well, I'm trying to talk him into playing for Hampshire now. I was gonna say he does live Chandler's Ford now, doesn't he? So he's yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> the men's side. He's in there with his brother anyway. His brother played pretty handy. One yeah. Um, there was a thirty-two point eight five from Joe Croft, who looked brilliant, by the way, in doing so. To the point where he was chucking blockers in on the bottom wire and just firing darts straight past it. He was absolutely awesome. Uh, but the one that's like in one of the strangest performances I've ever seen was a player called Jack Pledger for Hertfordshire. And it's more of a, and there's absolutely no way he's watching this or whatever else, but I was just like in awe and pretty impressed at the same time. He averaged 28.2314-0, but he quite possibly had the most severe case of dartitis I've ever witnessed in my life. In his practice darts, it was two attempts to let go for the first dart, one dart with the second one, last dart was free-flowing. And once he got the first dart out of his hand, the other two followed pretty quickly. But it was taking him, on average, 11 attempts to release the dart through four legs. Chelsea have just scored. And he still averaged 85 in doing so. Very impressive, but equally must be very off-putting for his opponent. I mean, opponent. his opponent has, has averaged 21, who's normally a 25-26 average man. And sort of it was... Th there was that element of, I feel very sorry for our player here because there's absolutely nothing he can do. A, he's getting a battering. B, he can't get in any rhythm whatsoever. And C, there's that whole sympathy. What am I supposed to do right now? Like, I can't yeah. kick off about how slowly this game is going. Um, but, yeah, like, just... To get up there and be able to do that is awesome, I think. Oh, yeah, without doubt. With that struggle and producing that consistency. We've, I know you, we say the player waiting has got no rhythm. The player throwing has also got absolutely no rhythm at all. Each dart is an individual. Well, the first dart is completely, especially yeah. after what, did you say, 11 attempts? Uh, Matador, is that Paul Williams that used to play BDO? With the ginger curtains, Paul Williams. It's his first time playing county in 15 years. Yeah. The only other ridiculous performance in over the weekend, Fallon averaged 26, which is what, 73? Yeah. 36, 37. Fair enough. Cami then goes one up and averaged 36.44. It's 109.2. That's a bit good. Not too shabby. At one point, Tyne and Weir find themselves 4-0 down to performances of 4-3. Steve McLeod went to a 24-6-9. He was on second. James Hurrell opened up. He won 4-0, 26 average. Menzies goes on third, 36 average. And then they're like, oh, we might get a break here. No, Glenn Young averages 28 and wins 4-2. <laughs> um, John, if you're asking about the um, German Super League, uh, yes, it is a PDC event. It's on PDC yeah. TV, organised by PDC Europe. So, yes, it is. Um, ADC uh, Vault Finals, we have the champions um, going to the Super Series. Greg Ritchie, of course, Niall Callaghan's going. I messaged him earlier saying he might as well fucking move. Um, <laughs> Sean McKinney, uh, Shane Haywood, Jack Mail, Stuart Kellett, KO Kellett coming to the Super Series. 
um, Leighton Bennett, uh, James Hewitt, um, Martin uh, Grayson, Adrian Gray, and Michael Burgoyne. Oh, Reese James gone off injured. Um, so that's that. Um, questions. Uh, question time. It is then. Yes. Get them in. Let's see if we can annoy Gob. You can try, but while the question's coming in, I'm desperate for a wee. <laughs> we can save them for him. It's fine. We, yeah, need it's to fine. Find, we need to find out that top five list of boy bands that they have on his computer as well. Uh, uh, so James has said, on Bow and Fallon's group, the fact it's first to five in the group stages, do you think it'll help them? Due to the fact they used to short formats in the women's series. Uh, yes, James, I'm in agreement that it does. We've seen Fallon use it before to a benefit. Um, and I guess, Phil, we've seen Bow perform at the Worlds started okay and then dipped slightly so the shorter format will help yeah I, I agree i think in that shorter format that it will help both of them oh eric dice just had a peach of all that for offside <laughs> um but yeah no in all honesty yeah i think that the fact they do play that format a lot at the women's series fallon best of seven at the super series um as, as well um I think we'll benefit them. Uh, Prime review, we'll get that. Uh, no, that it's for the non-tour card holders, Mark. This might be closer than what we thought. We, we, we're actually zooming in on the lines here. He still looks off, but with VAR, we never know. Anything's possible. Yeah. Uh... That's not question time. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's back. We want we want a prime review. In terms of names, has there ever been a better PDPA qualifier than this year? Van der Voort, Mervyn Tin, Mansa Sulevich. Jeffrey Deswan, Alan Suter. Uh, well, Suter's a possibility depending on players' championship. Clearmatter, Thurgmar, Ryan Meetle, Stop White, Temple, to name just a few. Very, very strong field of a naming perspective. Obviously, from a form perspective, you're in that situation because you're not in a great position. But from a name, like, there is a lot of huge names in that field for... How many slots have we got? Four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's normally two, but then you've got Bo's place and Jeanne's place as well. Going back to the tour card holders. Uh, James, Bo has been offered the Super Series multiple times. Um, declined it twice, just didn't want to play. And then three times has pulled out ha after having said yes and been given dates. So she, she has been asked. Yes. 
Uh, the globe brew is decent. Put it in the fridge. Tastes even better. It's the best one of the lot, I think. I have the orange one in port, so that was good. Yeah. Um, I've not tried the watermelon, because watermelon is not for me. Horrible flavour. <coughs> Uh, I, we don't know what Owen's going to change his nickname to. It'll be interesting to find out. Yeah, I, I don't see how you can just change nicknames. That's not the concept of a nickname. Yeah, but it's been done before, isn't it? Because oh, it, it will it will happen again. I mean, Dieter Hedman is about to be on a third different nickname. Not sure we can say what the third one's going to be, but she said she's retiring the second one. Yeah. I don't agree with anyone either, by the way. No, me neither. Um, do you guys know if county format has always been the same? Um, the, the county, in the, just my opinion, county darts in the UK is completely broken at the moment. Uh, pretty much. So the women always play best of five. In the men's A in every division play best of seven. And in the top two divisions, the men's B play best of seven as well. Obviously, God, you, you ref county. What do you think? Do you think it's broken in its current format? Potentially. I think the problem is that it just doesn't attract a crowd anymore in terms of people to come along and watch in the 80s and 90s. Me from I'd, I'd take a couple of mates in there and that'd be our weekend and we'd we'd go and watch and have a few beers and and cheer on your local but that just doesn't seem to happen anymore. I just you don't think... get as many people in there to watch unless they're family, friends, or whatever else. So there's sort of a need to take that many players to ensure that venues are earning money across the bar that you get your entrance fees and whatever else because most of them are three quid to get in. Um, So in that regard, I, I guess so. But I don't know how and whatever you change it. The, the whole concept of a weekend and a piss-up, there's still a great deal of people that enjoy that. For, the problem is, my issue is just what I go still around watch Hampshire and listening to people talk about it. At the moment, you've got teams traipsing across the country for potentially five or seven legs of darts, Yeah, which now a lot of the better players don't want any part of. I get the argument against it, but there definitely is an argument to be regionalised for a qualifying system and then a finals. Yeah, well, that works in pretty yeah, much I'll... every other level of every other county setup of sport in the UK works on a regional basis first. You go and be your regional champions, and then you go to a nationals event. And yeah. the, the reluctance of people to go to the Magic Weekend for the top two divisions previously, um, I, I just don't see it changing. The perfect time to have changed that would have been when Coming the UKPA took over. I, I agree. However, if they'd gone with that, it would have been too... Um, not controversial, but it would have split too many votes to change too much when actually it just needed somebody to come in and secure it. And the, the other one, at the moment, I don't see the point of having A and B. Just have one county side and you play one day. That could work a lot better. You, you, for me, but again, you don't... don't really get the camaraderie or I don't know the, the chance to step it up. It's much more daunting for a player to make a county debut and put a 
decent performance in if there is only one side. I get that, but from watching a lot of county teams, from what I see, again, this might be wrong elsewhere, but just from what I see, certainly the B players that I know play on the Saturday and fuck off and don't stay on the Sunday anyway. Some. I can only speak from what I've seen and whenever teams travel to us, there are an awful lot of people in there for both days. If anything, it's a few of the star players, the A players that arrive on the Sunday. They, they don't come for the Saturday. A lot of people that come on the sun, on the Saturday, the B players are, are the, the team guys that stay overnight. They have a good night out and then they sit and watch on the Sunday and get back on the team coach. It's, it's the A players that don't tend to stick around for me. That's right. Yeah, I just what I've seen from, from down here and he won't mind me saying, I know he watches Jamie. I don't think he's played this year, but played for Hampshire. Now, we all know Jamie Kelling is an A player as in terms of standard. For him, it was like, I'll play. I'm playing Bs only because it just practice on a stage for me. I don't actually give a fuck about the the county. Yeah. And he, by the way, he wasn't the only one, but he's, I'm just saying it because I know he won't mind me saying it. Yeah. Well, Bo played only Bs for a season and a bit because she had work commitments. Uh, work commitments is a bit different. I, I can yeah. live with if you can't play on a Sunday because you've got work, that's a bit different. Yeah. Um, right, there was a Russ Bray question, apparently. Um, are we starting to see... Um, uh, just because he wasn't at the European Championships, no, because they've got four and they rotate them round, so they don't always all do them anyway. Do I think that we'll see less of Russ, potentially? Um and I don't mean this horribly because Russ has been a fabulous servant to the sport. And yes, his voice is unmistakable. But are there better referees now in terms of fundamentally counting? Yes. That, that there are. Uh, we've got two of them at, at the Super Series. And I don't mean God, no token. Um, it's but, never going to be made. I'm content no, with that. But look, I think Charlie and Owen are both two top young officials that yeah. we very rarely get counting errors from. And fundamentally, that's your first job. Yeah. I don't disagree with any of that. Um, so, yeah, look, um, I wouldn't say it's the end, but I don't, maybe we won't see Russ as much. Yes, I still think we'll see him, just like you said, more few and far between due to the variety. If you think back, there wasn't, did he used to be a rotation of two? Oh, they've always had three. They, they always he's have three. three there. I don't remember if it's two or three. Because you've got one on stage, one second officiating, and then the other one Yeah. as, as well. Uh, yeah, Russ loves it in Asia. I think that's a benefit, though, as well. Like, Russ is still in that, not unique, but niche part, whereas an official, he is also a personality, and sending him as an ambassador role for the PDC to players like Asia is just as recognisable as sending a top 10 player. And the fact yeah. he loves it helps. Yeah. The fact he loves to travel the world. 100%. Obviously, words for both parties massively. Yeah, massively. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm sure we'll still see Russ in and around and doing his bits and bobs. Um, right, last couple then. 
is rough the Michael Buffer of darts possibly because he is that that voice is so unique. Um, but certainly a lot different to mine, isn't it? <laughs> um, to be fair, though, we did. Um, Hinks has to do that as well, so yeah. So you don't break our sound system. Yeah, I, I don't just take the microphone away because I'm dancing with it. By the way, like it's too loud compared to the rest of my voice. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, right, I think that's just about it, isn't it? Oh, yeah, go on then. One more then, James. What did he say? And I appreciate the comments about Super Series, by the way. It really is quite nice. Um, I'm assuming it's down back to the time where we have with all the draws and stuff. Oh, they show I... the world's draw on Style Sports. Should they do the Grand Slam draw on there too? Could that be a possibility? Not even it doesn't have to be on Sky, it just has to be live. Yeah. Yeah, but while you've got a broadcast partner, any Sky sponsored or broadcast event with a draw should go on their news channel. If it depends whether they want to do it or not, that's the issue. If they if they repeat in the same story every three hours, do something live. You've got a book off studio with one of the best videographic screens in the world. I'm not arguing that, but what I'm saying is they might not want it, and if they don't, then it yeah, still well, should be live somewhere else. Sell it to design, they'll have it. And PDC have got their own service that they could put it on. I know people say it's behind a paid wall, but they have still got that service there where they could provide a live draw. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, right everyone it's been an absolute pleasure as always we have interviews with Matthew Edgar and Ian White dropping this week to take us into the Grand Slam this weekend um, Super Series returns tomorrow but make sure you check out all of our socials uh, Facebook, Twitter Instagram, Threads, TikTok here on YouTube but before you go we're going to drop you a little teaser we may have some world championship tickets to give away, but to do so, you'll have to be subscribed to the YouTube channel. So if you haven't, make sure you head over there, turn notifications on, otherwise you won't know. Or you'll have to attend our show on the Monday. Yes, the Live Lounge Live. Live, Live Lounge, yeah. The 11th of December at the... Uh, Prince of Wales in Elkinston. Head over to our Facebook page. The event is there. So, if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button because you could be going to a sold-out Alexandra Palace. Folks. But, I've been Phil Bars, Jack Garwood and Lee Boyce. It's always a pleasure. Never a chore on a Monday night. We have been Online Darts. It has been the Live Lounge and we'll see you all very, very soon. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 